everybody's favorite radio program. And now, emanating from our basement studios. I've never seen contraptions with so many buttons and knobs and dials before. This is WADD Talk Radio with Bill Neville. Can you fly this plane and land it? Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. Now don't call me sure. Patrick Hinehan. I work with him and that's it. I tried to introduce him to a few nice people. He made a fool of himself. And Sean Hinehan. Grizzly Adams had a beard. Grizzly Adams did have a beard. Okay. Let's go. Oh, yeah, baby. Welcome to WADD Talk Radio, episode 52. We are in the basement outside Boston, in the house of Heen. What's going on, people? What's going on, gentlemen? Sean, what's going on, buddy? Hey, Patrick, how are you? Good. Bill, on the ones and twos, always. What's up, buddy? What's going on? Hiya, buddies. Hang good? in there. You know. Great, man. I'm so pumped. With 50, episode 52, if you're doing it, it's been 52 weeks we've been doing this. One, 52 weeks year. in your ears. That's pretty sweet. That is awesome. That's pretty sweet. Episode fifty-two, it's a huge milestone, guys. Um, pretty bit, yeah. Obviously, we, um, you know, uh, who, the CC Sabathia episode. No, absolutely not. The uh, Greg Odin. <laughs> what are we fat episode? and drunk? No, it's no. getting worse uh, by the name. How about uh, how about? Oh no, I could top that one even worse. Ray Lewis. How about that? Oh. Fifty-two. Um, we're gonna Speaking go of scumbag. We're yep. all wearing white yep. bloody suits. Yeah, I'll I'll start bringing it back to the more positive uh, angle here and go with Clay Matthews. Uh, obviously, great. Always love watching him play. Um, and then flowing uh, golden. Locks. Yeah, but we're gonna go with John Farrell episode when nice. he was playing baseball. We love John Farrell, a manager of the Red Sox up here in Boston. So, That's cool. Yeah, yeah, and he's good to go for the uh, start of the year, I believe. Right? He'll yeah, be he'll be good back. to go. Pitchers, he'll catchers, twenty-one days. Yep. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Excited. Exactly. That's, besides the Celtics, the only thing that really Boston people have got going for them right now. Pretty Isn't much that right, Bill. Pretty much. Hey, would you say twenty-one days? I think so. Twenty-one days. Something nice. Like and what was it? Three days ago, uh, where you were down at Foxwoods. I was uh, with. The Fenway Park crew with everybody down there, right? and I and I got to meet and take a picture with the guy that we named episode forty five after, Pedro Martinez. Really? Nice. So that was pretty cool. I, was gonna, I thought you were so going to say awesome. Cecil Fielder. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, it was it was really really cool. I got to meet Pedro Pedroia. Uh, Mookie, Mookie Betts, Mr. Contact, Dombrowski was there. Uh, Dombrowski was there. Um, Price, Brock Holt. No, Price actually got stuck in Tennessee because of the snow. Oh yes, so that he, tends uh, to happen. He couldn't end up uh, making his way up to Boston, unfortunately. But he sent his well wishes. Um, who else did I meet? It well, we met Xander Bogarts Xander, on Thursday. I saw him again, and he recognized me. So that was did pretty, you, did oh, that you really? was really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Because all my man Bertucci's. And he's like, ah, oh, that's so cool. That is really cool. You got recognized two, three <laughs> I, days I later. Because he's a good-looking dude. No, he is yeah, <laughs> a, a nice Aruban man. Right. Um, he was complaining how he had to come back up to uh, to New England, coming from Aruba's uh, shoreline. Yeah. Um, and the beautiful 70 to 80 to 90 degree weather down there. That's going to be a little tough to... Uh, to do those sort of events where they last for more than a day. Those guys are, are meeting so many people down there, and you've got to get so sick of it after a while. Yeah, and like I was telling Sean about it, uh, it, it on Sunday, Xander was really outgoing. He seemed to actually have a good time. Yeah. And, and didn't wasn't just there like, okay, what do you want me to sign? What pictures? Do you want to take a selfie? That's fine, whatever. No, he was like engaging. Also, what do you do for work? Like, that's blah, blah, impressive. Blah. And he was re- like, he was really good. And and, and and it was one of those where you could tell. Obviously, you know, he grew up in Aruba, which I feel like English is pretty heavy there. Yeah, but you, you could tell that you know he he had a little and bit like, like Pedro. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. A little, is it really? Uh yeah. They right, speak yeah. a lot of Dutch yeah, and English. Yeah, he had a cool accent, but you know, it, it, you're right. Yeah, he was a really good guy, his, and that's his piercing blue eyes. But yeah, we were, we did that event for about an hour, hour and a half, and yeah. he was there the whole time. Um, so that that yeah, was cool. Ate and pizza was Xander, and it, Xander Bogart. It is impressive yeah. to, especially like when there's a certain kind of person, and you've seen them at different. Just you guys being at cool events in the radio. People that are, A, excited to see famous people, but they also don't have, like, the social cue of, like, oh, this, I mean, this is a normal person, you know, that's a human, too. And these people come up with this energy and, like, I'm important, too, or, and they're, like, badgering and, like, or they're, like, so super socially awkward and, like, ask weird questions, or they're just, like, too familiar 
And like I've seen that happen before too. And like you could see people are like, okay, get there was this guy a woman out of here. There was a woman and her daughter that were very much like that. That were hanging around our table waiting for players to come over. And you're like, and she, I guess her daughter recently got engaged at Fenway on the field, <sighs> and they had, they had a. a an eight by ten. What is what's the normal size of a picture yeah. in a frame? An eight by ten Four picture by three, of 10, of yeah. the the groom to be on his knees, like proposing to the girl, and she was asking every player and person to come up that they would sign it. Um, it's her firstborn named but, Noma, but she wouldn't ask politely. Like Xander Bogarts would be talking to to Mutt, like talking about what they're going to be talking. She'd be like, Xander, 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 here before you go on, sign this, sign this, Xander. Oh, like have like, some tact. Jesus Christ, lady. Like I hey listen I love sports people and you know get a little starstruck as much as you know I met Bill Burr I couldn't got I couldn't speak <laughs> but like they're human and like you need to be like have some sort of be aware of that social awareness of like okay you know what I mean like they'll most of those people especially in events like that are going to be more than willing to like sign something right, that that's why they're there, there. Yeah, that's they're why there. they're there but like. Why don't you have a little, you know, awareness of yourself? I just I can't get over that. And for those people and for those guys to do it like day in, day out and not like snap at people, yeah. like I couldn't deal with that. And I'd be like, all right, lady, leave me alone. But you, they can't do that. Right. Nowadays, you do that once and someone has to be recording. Media, you're done. Twit, you're twittering done. it. And yeah. And then someone else, maybe it happened again. Yeah, he was a dick. And then that's the social media pylon. That's Im- that's very impressive. The and, Twitter pylon. And with David Ortiz not present, David uh, Ortiz, as, as David Ortiz, <laughs> David Ortiz. As, as with David Ortiz not present and him being the star of the Red Sox in his final season, and so he wasn't there. So automatically, Dustin Pedroia becomes the number one guy that everybody wants to see. And the poor guy, he just he looked so visibly frustrated at some of these people, where. He must have been dealing with that crap all day long before he came over to talk to us at two o'clock. Yeah, and he just he just seemed so annoyed and just did not want to be there. And I've never seen Dustin Pedroia like that. I've met him several times, and he's always been a very nice, gracious guy. But he was sitting at the table, just like super annoyed at some of these crazy fans. Get me a goddamn beer. Actually, I don't even know if he drinks, but I bet a lot. Get me away from these people. Yeah, Yeah, right. Anything else but this situation. Right. Um. Yeah, and that's the thing. He is a big enough superstar where people, it, it's, it's, they're more starstruck at all. So they're always, I mean, they're always just awkward and yeah. it's always eccentric and you always just kind of go re- retarded for a little bit and, uh, oh, uh, you know, like so. And you're literally, you, you're seeing these people at maybe their worst. Those guys, you know, in when they're not happy, they're, de- but they're still gracious. And it, it, it's a, it's a nice, um, you know, you're like, oh, these, they are good guys, you know? So that's nice to know. Yeah, so it sounded like it was a good day, Bill, uh, down there in Foxwoods. Yeah, it was fun. Um, we got snowed in. Did you stayed, in, stayed in that night and uh, stayed over at one of the hotels. Did you do any gambling? I did not. Really? No, did I did some not. drinking, I, though. I, put, oh, I, I told you drinking. to put five bucks on Black 17. You didn't give sorry, me money. $10 minimum. <laughs> very good $10 point. minimum. <laughs> cheapskate. Also probably why it didn't happen. Exactly. I, I didn't even make it to the casinos. We went out to, uh, we were drinking in the room and stuff after after we were done working, and uh then went out to the bar and I don't really remember too much. Nice. The rest of the night. So. boy. It was a good time. Uh, I was up till probably 3 a.m. Nice. Waiting for the damn shuttle to take us back to the hotel that was like a half a mile up the road because Foxwoods was completely sold out. Yikes. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a good weekend. Do they have a pool? Hot <laughs> not, tub? Not in the summertime. Uh, wintertime. Oh. They have a pool outside where they, don't have an indoor they bring room? all the famous people in to wear their bikinis and, and have a pool party outside. Oh, I think we did a Greg Hill thing there. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he was Patrick out. and I did that, that was too. Fun. Yeah, I think I was there and down there helping them. Like Gronk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Lenny Clark. And Edelman and Goskowski. I played roulette against Goskowski. He didn't AK, miss there. AK, oh, nice Woo! transition. Nice. Very nice transition. Nice, Sean. Nice. Um, 523 straight extra points made until that one. Oh, my God. But that game was not Steven Gostowski's fault no, no, by no, no. any means. He should have kicked, been able to kick the ball like three more times. Well, <laughs> Tom Brady shouldn't have been hit nearly as many times as he was either. All right, so I got a little run of numbers here for you. Denver's defense sacked Patriots quarterback Tom Brady four times, knocked him down. 20 times, intercepted two of his passes, forced a turnover uh, on downs twice in the fourth quarter, and broke up a two-point conversion with uh, 17 seconds left. Uh, unbelievable. He didn't have time at all to make any good decisions But Or game. he did. He was flushed, and that's what gave him time. But it was the fact that Denver's defensive line could rush three or four, at the most five sometimes in a delayed blitz. 
And then the secondary's blanketing everybody. Well, DeMarcus Ware was making Marcus Cannon look like a bitch. Marcus Cannon looked like he didn't deserve to be on a JV college team. Every single snap, is. I feel like DeMarcus Ware ran around Marcus Cannon. Easily. Every single snap. It was It was gross. So pull up, uh, pull up the Tom Brady audio that we have because he, he talks a little bit about that and and the pressure that was on him all. Uh, all you say day. my ankles hurt. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, how are they able to get so much pressure on you so consistently? They got a great rush, and uh, you know they've got some great pass rushers. They've got interior pass rushers. They've got some outside rushers. Um, uh, I think you complement that with good coverage. And, uh, you know, it's just tough for us to ever get into a rhythm and, you know, finally to score some points there at the end. And then for it to come down to a two-point conversion is a tough way to um, obviously end the season. Definitely a tough way to end the season there. That was TV. ugly. And um, but you're right. Inside at rushers, outside rushers, with the good coverage, you know. like It was dominant. Wade Phillips dialed up a perfect defensive scheme. He really did. They took a little page out of the Giants, you know, 2007-2011 book of if you you get after, and obviously other teams have done it as well, but if you get after Tom Brady, if you make him throw the ball when he doesn't want to throw the ball, if you make him make the tough decision, uh, you know, things might start going your way. And I feel like things just weren't going, it was little things weren't going the way for the Patriots. They weren't running the ball. They they couldn't run the ball, which, you know. You know who the leading leading rusher was from the game? Tom Brady. Brady. Yeah, for 13 yards. Three rushes for 13 yards. fucking embarrassing. Um, Um, But what else? But, like, they elected to receive, which was the first, you know, they always defer. Um, They go three and out right away. Yep. Goskowski misses that. Extra point, which in the grand scheme of things, you know, when you have to like, oh, ugh. I remember being like, ooh, that might bite him in the ass somewhere down the line. I feel and like they have this new. It was just weird things going on. Like, yes, yeah, so Julian's like- dropping a ball. The Tom wasn't as accurate as he as he was. Uh, it, it just. I just didn't get a good feeling. I I think I would like to say I've watched enough football where you can kind of get a sense of how a team's playing right off the bat, and you're like, eh, they're a little off. And that Patriots, I sense that right away for the Patriots. And that Patriots pass rush that has done tremendous this year uh, couldn't get to Peyton Manning at all. Until I think there was two or three sacks they got on him that had big losses, but other than that, he was getting the ball off every time. And their defense played okay. I mean, Peyton had a couple... Uh, you know, Jamie Collins got owned by by Owen Daniels those for those two touchdowns and two great throws by Peyton. Um, there's a couple good running, but the, obviously the defense did a great job shutting down the run. I mean, they weren't really getting you know too many too many extra yards at you know yards after hits or right. you know catches and stuff like that. So it just they, their offense was just not clicking. If the Patriots he had, he had even remotely showed up, they would have won that game. It was a perfect storm of mistakes and and not and lack of execution on their part. And they still only lost by. Two and there points. was, right. and, and this is one of those games too where you can't blame on the refs totally. But there was that one play with the backwards throw or forwards throw or something yep. like that where I thought in those type of plays the refs have been coached recently to let it play let out it a little bit and then see if it's a dead ball or not it, or something like that. Because yes. if the, if that happened, the Patriots would have scored. Yeah, Patriots have scored. That and would have changed the whole dynamic of the game. And, and they pl- and it was almost like the ref went like right away. Like, oh no, it's not the game, dead ball. Which is then forcing the coaches to use their challenges, which is then taking away time. I mean, that's very conspiracy theory. But it's like, why not let it play? Because then, if it is true, then then the ball is played. But if it's not, okay, you know, it's an incomplete pass. You go about, you know, and no harm, no foul. Right. You, you know. So, but I, I just don't get that, especially in a. Especially in an AFC Championship game, let them play, you know. So, I, yeah. Hey, let's uh, let's hear from uh, with, uh, from Peyton Manning, who, uh, by the way, his only touchdown pass at home this season happened in the AFC Championship. Really? There's no question. This is a this is a sweet day. This was a sweet victory. To me, this Almost victory sort pencil. of is a great example of what this entire season has been like. Uh, it's uh, it hasn't been easy. It's been a lot of different people uh, stepping up, doing their parts at uh, different times. Uh, starters, uh, non-starters becoming starters, and uh, you know both our safeties get hurt today, and we got some guys go in there and step up and help us get that win. So it's been a unique season. There's no question about it. And this game today was a unique football game, but uh, everybody did their part. Truly, was a team win. Yeah. That was uh, definitely a team win, uh, definitely. Almost a team win is when you combine two large pizzas and a brookie from your local Papa Jans. There you go. <laughs> I love it. I used to like Joe Montana. Until he wore cargo pants. Oh, the double cargo pants. Have either of you noticed in that commercial that it? I don't they're, think they're J.J. Not J. Watt was ever in the same room as No, they're all green screened. 
I think every single one of them is green. I think screen. Peyton Manning, Papa John, and and Joe Montana were all in the same room together. But I don't think JJ, JJ was, was definitely because not. JJ when he's uh, supposed to be looking at Joe Montana, he's looking to the side, really and like up and above. It's really look, funny. Yeah, no, and I never thought I'd want to see that commercial. It's supposed to look like JJ's kind of maybe like in front of Peyton a little bit, and Peyton's yeah. kind of turned right. And yeah, you could see I. Since that, the that first time I saw it, I was like, eh, "That looks green screened." Yeah, no, I noticed that too. It was pretty funny. I hate, I hate, hate, hate those commercials. Yeah, I don't hate Peyton Manning because there's, there's not much to hate. But uh, yeah, he, I, you know, if it was any other team, if the Patriots lost, saying the divisional, I'd be, I'd be happy that the Broncos won. And as not even as a fan, so I had no real emotional investment in this game, but just the. The way the game was playing and, and it seemed like the stakes, especially for this area, um, I was experiencing a lot of stress. I was like, why am I so stressed out right now? During, I mean, Pat, you know, you were over at my house with a whole ton of people. I think you couldn't really tell because we had, uh, I got there a little bit closer. Actually, I got there as the kickoff finished and they started the first play. So, like, I could not have gotten there at any perfect, any better perfect time, but, um, Limited seating, so I couldn't even really sit near you. I know that was weird. That was, yeah, was weird. We got to talk a little bit though. Yeah. Um. But you're right. It. it and I think watching it with other people who are fully invested, that's Die their team. Right. You just naturally and and you know right. and they're your friends. You want them to be happy and, and especially like well, not you're after on, the game. That probably wasn't good to be around the house. Your, you know, emo- right. your emotions reflect the the emotions of those around you. It's like when you go see a movie in the movie theater and you have like 200 people laughing at the same time. You're immediately going to think something's funnier than it is if you're watching it at home alone that's a very good point yeah it was uh yeah that, oh sorry uh that was uh yeah that was a very very stressful game especially dude that fourth quarter was insane i mean oh my you god know, i we stood the entire nuts. time that, that gronk fourth quarter catch over the shoulder Ridiculous. insane the touchdown insane and then that two-point conversion where he tried to force it back over his shoulder which he tom kept trying to do yeah throughout the game those that him trying to make plays back, yeah it was bad news, and then apparently Gronk was like was single covered on that two point conversion. Yeah, but he was heavily rushed on that play. I mean, it's 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 easier said than done. One hundred percent. Yeah, and you that, have one point five seconds to do that. Right. You know. Yeah. You and we have one point five days now to, yeah. to analyze it here. Um, but uh, Gronkowski ending the game uh, with eight catches, one hundred and forty four yards, and a score. So just that beast dude mode. We're watching one of the best tight ends ever. And he was like struggling this, too. Ever. He was struggling. And he was with, hurt. With breathing and like, he was hurt. Are you kidding me? That line, and you're right, he can barely freaking breathe. No, he, he was on oxygen for most of the time he was on the sideline. Yeah, and Rodney Harrison was talking about that uh, this morning on WEI, where it is a very significant difference. You, he goes, you are so much more winded after your warm-up. Like, it affects you from the moment you step out on that field. I'm not surprised. Yeah, a mile high. Dude. Yep, exactly. Um, Manning became the first uh, quarterback in NFL history to lead two different teams to uh, Super Bowl uh, multiple times, um, which, you know, whatever. Oh, uh, huh. Give him that, yeah. So, um, you know, that, that's pretty cool. I guess a cool yeah. stat. Good for him. Um, I, I read a stat, too. It's two Colts, two players drafted by, two quarterbacks drafted by the Colts are now leading the Broncos to Super Bowls. Nice. Yeah, I guess Elway was initially drafted by. Was the, he really? Or some, I don't know if that's could be. Yeah, it makes sense. Who else was the? Could be right. Um, but not a draft you know, expert. Someone who I hope is going to, and I think we're all going to believe in next week. We'll get more into the Super Bowl, but you know, obviously Cam Newton. Uh, is, is, I really hope. Got to be the MVP. Just he's just beast mode. He is Superman. He he really is, and and. It's so awesome to watch him play, and you know, obviously, we we got to see a very good Denver defense, and and you know, to watch him play against that defense is going to be a really good thing. And like I said, we'll talk more about that. Let's let's talk about the uh, the Cardinals game, which uh, you know, <laughs> we don't really that much we can talk about. Yeah. There were some cool things that happened during. They did, it. Not, they did you know, not rise uh, from the flames. No, <laughs> no, no, absolutely nice. not. Uh, Twenty four points in the first half. Uh, Cardinals only getting seven. Like, yeah, not 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 good. They, that cat. You know, Batted that bird out of the sky. Yes, yes, absolutely. I like that. I like that, Sean. Absolutely. <laughs> that was um, domination from from the 
get go. Yeah. Well, when you out, you know, you out yardage your 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 opponent four seventy six to two eighty seven. You know, it's pretty big influx. And then forcing seven turnovers, seven um, turnovers in in, in just. I didn't even know if it was that many. I mean, I knew there was a couple. Well, there was the fluke three minutes or no? It was four plays. Okay, so three turnovers in the span of four plays. Uh, Charles Johnson forced a fumble from uh, from Palmer that was recovered by safety Trey Boston on the Arizona thirty one yard line. Then Newton returned the favor with a pass. Intercepted by Peterson the next throw and returned it for 72 yards. It was and a he, great pick by Peterson. Um, and he got chased down. Yeah, yeah, it was a really good pick. He got so Patrick Peterson is one of the oh, sorry, keep going with the plays. Yeah, yeah. Uh, chased him down and he got tackled 20 yard line. And that, um, and then Palmer stepped in after that play and he threw an interception in the end zone. And then it was the end of uh, end of the half. So that was such a crazy way to well, end the first Patrick half. Patrick Peterson got that pick and was off to the races. And literally, the only and he's maybe the fastest person in the NFL. This, or arguably the fastest person, the person that would come in second or maybe beat him was the guy who caught him, Ted Ginn Jr. <laughs> Holy shit. Because it was, oh my God, he's off it. Holy shit, Ted Ginn Jr. is fast. <laughs> 72 yards later. He's just like, boom, he caught him. And it was like, whoa, wait, what? So you think about it, 72 yards isn't really that long of a distance if you're thinking about two gentlemen running as fast as they can. So for him to be able to have, because, well, the interception. Were, okay, well, he so had to kind of both... bounce around and find a hole and get going. But still, though, to chase him all the way down it was holy crap. so fast. Ted Ginn was a uh, was an I think he won the national championship in the one hundred and two hundred when he was at Ohio State. I think you're right. Um, I've heard that too. Huge win um, by uh, by by the Panthers. So forty nine fifteen. You know, do you know that's the biggest margin of victory um, other than uh, the Giants' lopsided win against the Vikings. Do you remember that in 2000? nothing. Yeah. I remember that. 2000 NFC Championship And I remember game. that oh. when people were like, dude, the Vikings are going to destroy. The, the, you know, they got Chris Carter and Randy Moss. And I remember there was a, I think like the Sunday picture Culpepper? was, yeah, with Donnie Culpepper, was like, it was like Randy Moss, like in the end zone with his hands out ready to catch. And it was Jason Seahorn <laughs> knocking the ball out of the air. Or so I think it was Jason nice. Seahorn. Uh, a little funny. Uh, so I got a, you know, I'm watching the Patriots game. Obviously, you know Pat's over. I got a bunch of friends. Uh, got Casey over too, and I got a text from her dad going, "Hey, what a game, huh?" And then and I was like, "Oh, every once in a while, uh, Casey's dad will text me about football, and I'll engage him." And then he goes, "Yeah, I'm thinking about going to the Arizona uh, Carolina game tonight." Uh, he's like, "I'm thinking about getting a ticket," and I was like, "What? Does he mean like a betting ticket or something?" And I was like, "How?" Or something. And he's like, well, I'm on Route 81 in the Blue Ridge Mountains, about two hours away from Charlotte. I kind of want to go to the game. I, I, he's traveling for business. He does a lot of business in North Carolina. And I was like, okay. And I like turned to Casey. I was like, Are, is he serious? She's like, I don't know. And I was like, that's going to cost him a pretty penny. Two and a half hours later, uh, I think it was like in the uh, first quarter. I got a picture from him. Uh, he's up in the upper deck at the game. Just, and I was like, hell of a that's time awesome. to be at the Panthers. He literally got to go to the game at like... That's probably got to be the biggest game in Panthers history in that new stadium, Bank of America Stadium. I mean, they're fifteen and one domination against the thing, you know the Cardinals going to the Super Bowl. Did you get like, there for the start of it? Yeah, I was like, I don't know if you got it from a client or I mean that could have cost him a little bit. But I was like, damn, Charlie, had a boy got in there. I think that's so. It's one cool. of those spur of the moment decisions, like uh, in two thousand thirteen when the Bruins were in the Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, I decided day of that I wanted to go to Game Three. And uh, spent all my money that I had in my pocket that day from Wollaston, oh, yeah. and uh, we ended up going to the game. But it was just one of those spur of the moment, like fuck it decisions. Yeah, you know but you mean? know, you got the ticket, you have the memories, you right. have that story. And they that won, totally, which was and cool. they won. So totally, you got the perfect I'll package. This out, actually, great idea. Oh, that's cool. Nice, and you got some cool seats too. Yeah, look at that, unbelievable. Yeah, tweet that out. That's funny. Um, that's that's awesome. So yeah, we're we're pumped for uh, you know pumped for the Super Bowl and stuff. Why? What do you got? Bud? Let's go over our predict. We, we wrote oh, down the shit. predictions right. that we we'll have the games. All right, so for the AFC Championship, Sean, you thought it was Pats 28-21, so that was off. Uh, Billy thought it was 31-21 Pats, and that was off. And then I thought it was Pats 24, Broncos 13. So we were all wrong on that one really bad. Um, NFC one, though, uh, I said it was 23-20 Cardinals, which obviously was wrong. Uh, Bill said the Cardinals uh, 27 I I thought it was so or 24, close. and you thought it was going to be I had the nice Panthers winning, here. but 31-30. Yep. I thought the Cardinals were going to... Give up, uh, you know, uh, put up a little bit bigger of a fight, but good lord, did those Panthers look domination? Yeah, that was uh, it. It 
they came out strong. Yeah, and and I have a feeling that the Super Bowl might be like that, but you know, you never know. Any given Sunday, you know, especially any given Super Bowl. Sunday. I, I have some theories. Good, and we're we'll, going to get those exactly. into those next week. In Super Bowl Fifty Three. Um, that's been a great episode. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> that's been no, but uh, you know, I think we should take this time actually to talk about a different podcast here because Bill's NAI has been blowing up. New Age Insiders. You had an unbelievable weekend. Let's talk about that weekend too. So, <laughs> so you're telling me that you were waiting for a shuttle at 3 a.m. on Sunday for a hotel and then not S- uh, well, yeah, Sunday, Saturday, yeah, Sunday, yeah, Sunday, it's Saturday night, Sunday morning, and then 12. What is that? 12, 13, oh, 12, 30, 16, 18, 18 <laughs> hours later, you were watching Royal Rumble. Yeah. Did you drink for... No, you don't drink during the wrestling things, right? No, no. no you I couldn't can't. anyway, probably. You're probably still drunk. <laughs> yeah, honestly. Um, I was home at 1230. So nine hours after I was waiting for a shuttle, I was home. Nice. Um, and I wanted to take a nap and just... I don't know. I didn't want to sleep through the patch game, so I stayed up and sucked it up. And the game started at three and... We were all miserable as hell after that game. It was just it was so frustrating to watch, like we were talking about. But um, within a half an hour after the Patriots game ended, we started doing our live pre-show before the Rumble where we take calls. And and we had, I think we had seven calls during the pre-show, and three of them were from outside the United States. Whoa! Which was really cool. Is that like Skype or Google? or uh, well, Our number is a Skype number. Oh, it is? Um, That's awesome. I was able to actually select a... Uh, a custom number because of that too. So it's five zero eight two zero two one NAI. Hey, that's nice. Really cool. Six, Sixteen twenty four. Um, so uh, that was that was really neat. We got two calls from the UK uh, in a row, from, and one from Canada. Right? Uh, yeah. Back to back. Yeah. London calls. It was really, really London cool. calling to NAI. <laughs> London calling for the Royal Rumble for some fake guys. <laughs> Fake Dude, guys. Royal Rumbles, because um, you're talking about wrestling, obviously. Yes. Uh, it, it, the Royal Rumble is really cool because how many participants? 30? 30. 30 different guys come in? 40. Holy Every shit. Every 90 seconds, an- another guy comes in. And it sounds like the guy who put it together uh, won. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that yeah. seems fair. Triple H inserted himself as number 30 and, and ended up winning and won the world championship. So yeah. uh, he took the belt off of Roman Reigns. I'm taking Reigns. my ball and going home. This is Why? Uh, because it's ultimately going to set up for him and Triple H at uh, WrestleMania. Oh, okay. him, Roman Reigns Roman against Reigns. Triple H. Yeah. Okay, it's all a story. It's a story. Line, no, I know. That's why I asked him <laughs> because, like, I could be like, "Oh, it's BS." Like, what? But then, like, I like why? You know what yeah. I mean? Because obviously, there's a storyline. Obviously, there's well, the, know, the Roman... and I know you can. You guys are paying so much attention. You can predict storylines, right? And do something. Stuff like that. So the, the last couple months has sort of been a Roman Reigns kick in the nuts tour, where he won the title. Sheamus cashed in on him, lost the title. Then he won the title on Raw. Triple H wins the Rumble, wins the title. So it's like he keeps winning and then losing the title. Well, so he did it, kick the head honcho off of the off of the uh, the ring though, didn't he? So this is this payback for that. Who? Vince didn't he? Had, didn't, oh Vince, didn't, oh didn't yeah, he yeah. Kick Vince and all them the head honcho. Yeah, yeah. He kicked him around. So this is like you know what you're you're probably going to uh, probably going to get beat the shit out of the next couple of months. But you're right, they're setting something up. Sure, yeah. Know, I mean, setting from up. Royal Rumble to WrestleMania is the most exciting time of year for uh, for wrestling fans because it's like their it's leading into their Super Bowl. It's like their wild card weekend almost. Is, yeah, is is the Royal Rumble, and then over the next couple of weeks, there's one more pay per view in between. But um, then you obviously you get to the Super when's Bowl, WrestleMania uh, April third. Oh, okay. And so you guys did your pre-show, and you got a bunch of calls and yep. some international calls. And then did you did live commentary throughout? Uh, on Twitter. Oh, on Twitter, okay. And, and then we did a post-show afterwards and took calls as well. And then two more calls from the U.K., but this is at 11 p.m. Eastern time, where yeah, in the U.K. So it's almost 5 a.m. Yeah. <laughs> were, they, shit. were they pissed? Oh, i got to show you the audio. Were they drunk? this guy, That's... Matty, Matty Wilson, called in I was in here. pissed on cider. <laughs> <laughs> Me mum telling me to shoot it And I said you watch your bloody mouth That's my That's pretty good That was very good That's not bad That was pretty good And speaking of pretty good You know you are what number two now on Podomatic Yeah on Podomatic uh, The uh, the site that we upload our podcast through And it hosts our podcast We are currently ranked number two in professional sports Wait what's the first What's number one Uh, It's some uh, some baseball podcast. I forget what. All right, everyone, is. go find that out and rate, rate, review, and subscribe terribly. For don't subscribe, just give them one star reviews. So I think yeah. at, NAI is. So I think one. at this point we're trying to sort of move on from Podomatic, and you guys know the deal. I told you about it the other day via email. We won't, we're not going to say anything publicly until um, 
if it does happen, then we will announce it. But uh, there are some things in the works, much bigger deals. Yeah, trying to move uh, on to bigger, better. And you guys are still mediums. you guys are still doing the exclusive eei.com ones, right? Correct. That, yep. Those are going well. Those are going well. Those are getting good response. They're or? uploaded every Wednesday afternoon on wei.com. So uh, check that out if anybody's out there interested. Wei. Uh, Tom Dutch. Um, yeah, so the, it, things are going really, really well. The rumble was crazy. I'm tired as hell. We've had so much content to do over the last couple of days, and I, I didn't see anything from the Royal Rumble, but I did see. I, was that Raw that uh, the Rock showed up to? Yeah, it was and Monday night. Yeah. He, you know, parked his truck, threw his keys at the Miz. Yeah, he called him. Uh, what do you call him? Like a nun or something? Like a nun on spring break or some? It was very funny. <laughs> oh, and then he like I was making fun of the him. Big Show, and then he was making fun. I was like, oh, it was classic Rock. That charisma that that dude exudes it's, is insane. There's a reason why he's a, an international superstar. It's scary. The guy is filming movies at 3.45 in the morning the same day, and he's still chipper as holy hell at night at 10 o'clock at night. And he is cut from stone. Honestly. He is a freak of nature. Well, any time off, he's in the gym or right. working out or going crazy. You know, I don't know when he's you, running up mountains in California. I don't and know stuff. if you guys follow him on Instagram or, fa- or Facebook or Twitter, but is, there's always pictures of him working out. And like he's just, running, just motivating. You know, motivational speak. You know, insane. speeches and yeah, he's 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 a beast. Um, um, but you know. It, it, I guess what else? What else do you guys want to get into? We can keep it in the podcast world. Talk a little bit about the serial podcast. Yeah, go for it. Um, but uh, you know, obviously, that's with the um, the soldier um, Bergdahl who Bo walked, Bergdahl. Bo Bogdahl walked off the uh, off off his. Have we talked cover. about serial, like um, what serial yes, is? Yeah, so it's produced by uh, This American Life, which is an offshoot of uh, NPR News uh, podcast, uh, hosted by Sarah Koenig. And as you said, it's about this. The second season is about the um, Bo Bergdahl. Who, as you were just saying, uh, walked off base in in Mest. I think it was like this outpost in Afghanistan. And uh, Pat, if you wanted, to- well, yeah, no. So he he's you know, and he obviously he got caught, and and he was in a like a prisoner's the, cage. He was in like yeah, a freaking by the Hakani the Hakani, uh, which is basically like an organized crime family of the, inside the Taliban, and he got moved into the uh, the tribal areas of Pakistan, which is like horrible. Yeah, so he so this this podcast goes in in it and it's cool because they have she they were able to get audio of one of his interviews with somebody else. Was it someone from NPR? Or? It was a film producer that was I think it's about twenty hours of recorded um, just phone conversations that this uh, film producer who I think I think asks he was like, great questions. Ask great questions. It's very conversational, trying to get exactly how Bo thinks. Uh, Bo was in captivity for I think over five years. Um, so there's, uh, you know, they, they use a lot of that audio and she sets it up very nicely the way it's produced and, and, and the way it's set up and the, the context that's given for each, um, kind of quote and, and set up is very, uh, very informative. Um, and they used to do it week by week, every Thursday morning, I think because this case is ongoing, he's on trial for a desertion and he just uh, went to trial. Like he just had a court hearing, I believe. Yeah. And he's also has another, it's like, um, like misconduct, uh, before the enemy or some shit like that. So with very, very serious charges. So, um, they had to now switch it for, uh, every, um, every two weeks. So there's only been four, this last one, um, you know, they kind of go through what happened in Pakistan and, and how he felt escaped. But this last episode is um, having to deal with the bureaucracy inside the United States, how the United States was going about uh, trying to find and rescue Bo Bergdahl. She was interviewing ex- some of the uh, PR people, but it's not PR for the Personal arts. rescue. It's personal rescue. Personal so they, rescue? Yeah. Like yep, yep, exactly. Personnel rescue. And just how, like... The upper management people or the upper sergeants, upper generals, they didn't even like they didn't even really know much about it. And mm-hmm. Some people didn't know about it, and then and then finally it hit enough, you know, waves and enough, you know, he. I think it was his caretaker, like his, a very good friend of his, not a mother. Yeah, not oh, a that aunt, girl, that woman. A, yeah, yeah, started making waves. Just, yeah, and, it was one of these where it was just like a family inside, friend. Like the de- and she... Department of Defense told the family to start knocking on certain doors and getting certain senators and certain generals involved. And so then she's the on the internet throwing her cell phone number around for help and stuff like that, and she ends up getting a call from this top Hakani like, like a guy, guy that knows or whatever. Where he is, but he can only spoke Pashto, so he doesn't. And it speak ends up English. being like one of the biggest leads 
of the whole five year and investigation, they, and they didn't. They were like, and it's the FBI tried yeah. to go, but they're like, man, no one because what the thing is, this guy knows where Bergdahl is being moved or knows the schedule of where he's going to be going. But he wants nine. He wants himself and nine of his family members to come to America and be free and be, be under yeah. and be under like uh, what's it called? What's, it just, what do mafia people do when they're all uh, when they get caught and they rat on everyone? What are they to go? It's uh, there's a term informants for it. witness protection witness protection. So they want to witness protection. So for someone to go into witness protection, it costs a lot of money, and no one, none of these like the FBI, CIA, yeah, you know, no one wants to fund guy. it for this, yeah. especially, especially if a it, deserter. Yes, because exactly. It, so it, what it's been doing is. Showing the the culture inside the Department of Defense, inside the Army, inside the CIA, inside the FBI, and how these people are thinking about stuff. The State Department, the, with the diplomats, um, just how deep and layered everything is, and and the different political insights and and, and political plays that have to be um, considered uh, just for one human life, um, and that it is important because he is an American, and we don't leave Americans behind. But um, it's a very deep dark uh very interesting and i'm captivated by it because i hope he did it for a reason uh so they say yeah i'm sure that will come out and i hope deep down it was a positive reason and i hope that it it does change positive because maybe it is trying to shed some light on how top heavy the army is and and you know and and and, you know that's not a good thing a lot of social commentary and political commentary that is um you know whether it's direct or indirect is being laid out in this podcast, and it's very interesting. Yeah, I I don't think he is, but some people think he is. Um, and and the term that that people might think he is is is, is dumb dumb. In the social justice system, the people are represented by two separate yet equally important groups: idiots who say stupid things, and the people who record and talk about those idiots. These are their stories. Dumb dumbs. This one's dumb. Dumb dumb's not. It's it's more like asshole asshole. Bitch bitch. Yes, I like that. Bitch bitch. Um, c word c word. Dum-dums. Her name is Anhale Rem Kisun, and uh, she's thirty year old uh, female out of Miami. Uh, she is a well, I think former now uh, Jackson Health System uh, employee, a resident know, doctor. Resident doctor. Um, supposed to have a good head on her shoulders, whether. Blackout drunk or not, but uh, she was clearly blackout drunk, and I believe ordered an Uber. Uh, went out. Uh, for I don't it. think she ordered it. Someone else did. Okay. Yep. Actually, the, the man, this. the man filming, actually was the original Uber orderer. And that's it, the this, <laughs> yeah. This video went viral last week. Yeah. Um. So we have some clips. Uh, of very some very of the, NSFW. Yeah. Not safe for work, and and just it it just sucks. But you know what? It it. Regardless of what story or news people you see this through, you need to hear some of the things she said because it's bad. So the following is a minute and ten clip of uh, that we cut down from about five minutes with all this horrific dialogue that she used towards the Uber driver. So innocent Uber driver. Yes. So take a listen. Get, get in the fucking car! Get the fuck in the car! I will fucking yeah. I agree. Bro, you lost your mind. Holy shit. She's throwing scissors. You're right, you do. Hear him, he's he's throwing stuff out of the car. There's some stuff. Personal property. You're crazy, dude. Oh my god. There goes the Remember the Titans soundtrack. That's a great soundtrack. Why would you smash that? Now, if yeah, obviously this girl's a total POS, but it's like entitled it, shithead. Yeah, dumb, totally dumb. entitled. The woman, you know, thinks that nothing. You know, obviously no one's going to hit her because she's a woman, and I, you know, you don't do those things. But like, 
She's like, oh, she probably she acts with that impunity because right. But it's like you're gar, you're gar, you're a piece I'm of probably five foot one hundred pounds. You're a garbage a human. You're a garbage human being. Um, and it's like the other thing is it's like get in the car now. It's like okay, so if you started driving, we'd just be like, okay, thanks. I could only imagine. And like, like, would she then stop being belligerent? Like, I can only imagine the facade she puts on at work. Oh, you know what Lord. I'm saying? Oh, that pisses me off. Hey, for once, maybe the driver might smell better than the passenger. Oh! <laughs> you know. Maybe she just wanted a car ride. She's afraid of trains because she's used to hanging off the back of them. Jesus H. Christ. But, you know, she is getting fired from Jackson Health System. She is. You would think. Um, you would, but well, she's going to uh, be the new lead actress in the Bollywood version of Taxi Driver. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> All right. The end scene's like that was the best one. 16 other Indian women dancing. <laughs> Slumdog Millionaire? No. Dum Dums. Oh, God. That's what all Dum Dum. Oh, shit. I liked it. <laughs> that is funny. Yeah, she's. Uh, that's awful. I'm happy she's getting fired because she's a POS. Is a POS. Ooh, dumb, dumb. Yeah, and and when people freak out, like I, I get it, you can get drunk. You know, you can get drunk and you can oh, freak out. But where are her friends? Where are people to just grab her by the hair and get Probably, her like, the get hell this out girl of there. out of here? Get her an Uber and go. And the, her friends like, oh, an Uber's here. I bet she ordered it. Like, all right, good. Fucking get out. You know. And, and for those of you who haven't seen the video and just heard the audio here. She is literally taking every object from inside this man's car and throwing it out the window. The amount of self control that this driver is possesses, I is, can't, I can't even imagine whole, is, being in his position. He knows he's being recorded too. Yeah, and helps. she does too, which is even scarier. Yeah, um, she walked. Away, you know, once the cops were like actually showing up, because she walked away. Uh, they didn't get her. They they found her. The guy didn't press charges because there was like a cash settlement and it must have been enough money where the guy's like, all right, fine, I'll take the money. And I mean, that's what he's trying to do. He's trying to earn a, a, an honest dollar hmm. being an he's Uber driver. fix his car. If she's a doctor, she probably settled outside with him. You know, she's probably yeah. making some pretty decent money. Well, she's only a resident. So, still. But yeah, you're still making better than most. Yeah. Better than me. He's got to redo that pit bull mix. That mm. sucks. <laughs> hey, my girlfriend made me that mixtape. It's Mr. Worldwide. Stop living in 1996 with a mixtape. Use an iPad. Dale. <laughs> Mr. Pitbull. Dale. Bullay. Dame mas gasolina. Like, no, you can throw that my one. That was just a mixtape some, some guy gave me on a corner. <laughs> but it was like every... It was documents, too. Like, there's papers that were getting shredded and thrown out Seems the like window. like a lot of receipts, too. Like, what yeah. if those are like... What if he's got to, like, itemize those receipts? Right. It's all gone now. It's awful. I'm really an adult now. I'm thinking about itemized receipts. Dude, shit is spread out on the street. That is... Check out the video. You can find it anywhere. But yeah. it, it is it is a disgusting display of humanity. Yeah. And and do you know what it makes you say? Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of WTF news. The stories that make you say... What the f***? What the f***? WTF, mate. What the f***? This is WADD Talk Radio's Wild World of What the Fuck? All right, this, uh, my WTF story, I is <laughs> this headline. No headline has made me say what the fuck more than this one right now. Coming from CBS Sacramento. Coyotes high on mushrooms, possibly to blame for strange incidents on highway. No pun intended. Because they were way high. <laughs> like, what? What? So, outside Sacramento, coyotes tripping on hallucinogenic mushrooms is one explanation experts are giving for some strange incidents that are happening in the North Bay. Um, a coyote has been reportedly been jumping onto Highway 1 in the Bolinas area. I'm not exactly sure what that is. In the dead of night, staring down cars. It comes up to cars, they <laughs> sniff it and walk around it, and then they run back into the brush. Um, people are thinking it's pretty <laughs> terrifying. Uh, so I... Wildlife officials have said they've like ruled out rabies because usually that like kind of that that's a system and it kind of goes through. Um, it, but it's been happening for the past three weeks, uh, so a lot of people are like, it's kind of weird and, and scary, but it's also some someone said it's like beautiful to behold or something. Um, there's also, I guess, there's fly agaric mushrooms, a fungus in the hallucinogenic properties that are uh, throughout the area, and coyotes are uh, very prominent in that area. Um, but then I like the last sentence in this article. It goes, other explanations, like people feeding coyotes leading to decreased fear of humans, have also been put forth by wildlife officials. Like, that. that's the... <laughs> 
<laughs> like, uh, it's like, do you think they're more in tune with humans or they're high on mushrooms? <laughs> like, let's lead with the high on mushrooms. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? I'm just glad, you know, no one's dying or anything like that or getting bit. But Jesus Christ, they're just, hey, Burning Man's not for another couple weeks, coyotes. Yeah, Why don't Jesus, you wait around? Hold huh? your horses. <laughs> oh, my God. That that's definitely what the fuck. Yeah, that's one of those. That's one of the most what the fuck um, headlines I've yeah. ever seen in my life. Coyotes high on mushrooms, possibly to blame for strange incidents on highway. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I love it. I think it's great. Ugh. It's so ridiculous. Bill, what do you got, buddy? Uh, my article comes from Nashville, Tennessee, where teens die after drinking Mountain Dew and racing fuel mixture. Um, so a second, uh, second Greenbrier teen is there a difference between the two? <laughs> a second Greenbrier teen has died, and two more received medical treatment after officials said that they drank a mixture of Mountain Dew and methanol racing fuel last week. Uh, within minutes, they were called to a second home on uh, Cemetery Road because the boy's best friend began having seizures from the same thing as well. Um, the four cases from the Robertson County have been uh, recorded with the Tennessee Poison Center. Uh, saying that all these incidents are related. Uh, two of the teenagers were, were treated and released from two different emergency departments, but uh, three more have died since then. Good um, Lord. Yeah. So they thought they knew what it was. This is a quote uh, from, the, from the teens that survived. It says, they thought they knew what it was, that it was a substitute for alcohol. They thought it would get the same effects as alcohol, but they weren't aware how toxic it was. Oh, what is... And racing fuel used in drag racing is made up of 100% methanol, uh, a non-drinkable form of alcohol yeah, used you need ethanol used for uh, for industrial and automotive purposes. So these kids just saw the the, the letters ethanol, not methanol, and decided Let's to consume it. And three of them have lost their lives. Oh, I thought they were watching too much Transformers and they saw Optimus Prime drinking gasoline. <laughs> so it's just like, what are you doing? Like, why are you drinking racing fuel? <laughs> Like is Gordon's in a fucking handle not cheap enough? <laughs> <laughs> you get you get a goddamn handle of, hey, of hey, guys, I got alcohol. the Burnets. No, 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 that's trash. We got the gasoline over here. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's keep in mind they are teens, and teens would do anything, any beer you can years find, old. any beer you can find. The hey. hobo at the fucking liquor store wouldn't let you, wouldn't go in and buy booze for you. That's a good point. I don't know why that reminds me of that Louis C.K. bit. Of course, but maybe it's like, of course, you know, kids, you know, shouldn't be uh, drinking or going, but maybe if they just said to drink methanol they're not smart enough to continue to live <laughs> oh lord so that made me say that's terrible that kids have died obviously fuck? but what the fuck is right well keeping it i guess in the mountain dew family or this might be an establishment where you can can get mountain dew i think burger no burger king's a, a coca-cola yeah they are right? they all are i don't think they're a pepsi they've got those magic machines Whoa. yeah oh, those are great you oh you own. mean what what drinks they have inside yes. the restaurants yes. i was like i'm pretty sure burger king's not a soda <laughs> yeah, no, sorry, meaning I was just trying to no, keep it I in know, the, in the I, I another bad transition by me. Burger King employee quits, then steals all chicken nuggets. Florida man quit his job at Burger King and cleared out his locker, and then on his way out... There's lockers at Burger King? Yes, they have their own lockers, yep. And, uh, and a whole lot more. Before leaving, the man scooped up every last chicken nugget in the freezer and took them all home. He, uh, Burger King found out because he tweeted, uh, which I'm trying to find the picture and I'm going to retweet. Oh, it, I found it always it. comes back to some idiot posting what they did on social media that right? gets them caught. Like the guy who, uh, who, who robbed a bank, I think it was in Pennsylvania or something, and he stole like $100,000. And then all of a sudden, somebody saw on his Facebook he was biting a bankroll of $100 bills in a, in a picture, in his profile picture. And then he ended up getting caught. So stupid criminals. He's he's an idiot. His Twitter handle is at Zelot, and he tweeted a picture of the stolen nuggets. He wrote, uh, today was my last day working at Burger King, so I took all of their nuggets. Fuck it. The tweet has uh, obviously gone viral. His friends are now hailing him as the Chicken King, and uh, his other friend uh, tweeted, fighting big fast food one hero at a time. Uh, that's, that's definitely a what the fuck there, but, uh, you know, is that one of the best rage quits or a good quit? Like thing to do? No, you know I like it in that he. I mean, maybe some people are gonna want some nuggets. It's not like he sabotaged the food for like customers. He just like took it all for himself. I hope he ate some of them before everything happened or whatever. Or maybe disseminated the product out to his friends. But yeah, I mean, then again, it, Burger King nuggets aren't even good, right? 
They've, I mean, they're not got like better. Wendy's. The chicken nuggets. fries are really good. They've got but not the nuggets. Yeah, the nuggets yeah. used to be like literally dinosaur the strips, literally dinosaur shapes. Yeah. Um, but uh, I don't think that was a good quit. I, I feel like uh, you guys, are fans of Office Space. Oh yeah, remember Jennifer Aniston? Love yeah. that movie. I hate this job. I hate this goddamn job, and I don't need it. <laughs> she was the best, and she gave him the finger. She because his manager's giving her shit for not having enough flair yeah. or like cheap buttons on her Girl Scout. You're supposed vest. to have a minimum of thirteen buttons. We need a lot of flair. I have thirteen. You don't want to go above and beyond. No, no, <laughs> something that, like that, right? Yeah. So that's obviously a no. pretty good rage. Oh no, hell no. Um, but I can get your ass kicked. Say something like that. <laughs> office Space is a great one, man. Oh, classic! That is a great one. Um, if if you work in an office, you have to see Office Space because you can relate to it so much. Yeah, gonna have to have you come in on Saturday. Finish up those TPS reports we talked about. <laughs> Heard you're not putting the new covers on those TPS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the memo. Yeah, no, it's actually it's a it's actually it's right here. I got send it, it over. It doesn't <laughs> like, seem to get the memo. Like no, I got have it right here. If I don't get my stapler back, I'm gonna set the whole building on fire. <laughs> that was pretty good. He comes, yeah, yeah. They they put him in the basement yeah. and yeah. like that, and they go, yeah. We've heard uh, we've heard that there's a rat problem. So while you're working, if you could take care of the rats too. I was, I was told if I could keep my radio at a reasonable volume, I could listen to it uh, at least an hour of the day. <laughs> and then you get the other. Yeah, she gets she gets to listen to her radio, and I I don't get to listen to mine anymore. <laughs> um, my paychecks have stopped coming. <laughs> That is great. I love it. Um, but another good rage quit, obviously. <laughs> uh, another good rage quit, uh, obviously, is um, is half baked. Yeah. Still waiting on that heifer, Julio. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. You're cool. And fuck you. I'm out. <laughs> fuck you. I'm out. And then he drops the mic. N- no, you know what he actually does? He's... He picks up a burger patty and frisbees it into some dude's, some <laughs> poor kid's forehead. Um, that's a great one uh, with Dave Chappelle, obviously. Who's and, uh, coming Brewer. with me, man? Yeah. <laughs> Jan. Jan, you want to be my girlfriend? <laughs> I'm a lesbian. <laughs> so good. Well, speaking of fuck you, fuck you, we're out. Yeah. Let's get out of here, boys. All right. Hey, it's a great episode 52. Get at us for uh, the Super Bowl pre-party podcast, whatever you want to do. Stravaganza. Exactly. But get at us, WADD Talk Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash WADD Talk Radio. Sean, where can we find you, bud? At Have You Seen Heen. I'm at Heener's Wiener. And I'm at Bill Neville NAI. Talk to you next Wednesday. Turn your magic on.